My name is Charlotte Wilson. I'm Rachel Rosman. And I'm Sharissa Foley. Welcome to a new edition of Bound for Justice. Um, I hate to say it, but it seems like anytime we're posting these days, I'm always saying it's been a while, ladies, but it really has been a long time. Um, it's such a um, it's such a pleasure to be um, back recording with with both of you talking about issues of racism and justice um, now more than ever, I think. Um, so, you know, I think the last time that we, we gathered together was probably sometime in February. That's the last time that we posted any episodes and, um, you know, life has really happened since then. Um, you know, I know we've texted each other and stayed in touch that way a little bit, but we, you know, through everything with the pandemic, um, you know, we kind of put everything on hold and just sort of turned our attention to just, I think, living life. At least that's how it felt for me. Um, so it, it is, it does feel really nice to get back together with you both. Um, unfortunately, I wish it were under different circumstances. So um, today is Tuesday, June 2nd. It's Blackout Tuesday. Um, we have been experiencing protests in our country for, what, about the last, almost the last week or so, maybe last, you know, five or six days. Yep. Um, Regarding and, and prior- the Floyd, George Floyd. Like we've had yes. protests for weeks. <laughs> We've had protests. Yes. I mean, we've had protests for a, loss, a, a long time. Yes. Um, recently, we've had a, a higher than average number of protests. You're right about George Floyd. There have been other protests, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about, um, at, along with the, um, a, a number of other injustices that have occurred recently with Ahmaud Aubrey, um, as well as Breonna Taylor. Um, and so now we're just seeing, I think, a backlash from folks um, responding to that. So... It felt like uh, a very appropriate time for us to get back together and continue doing the work that we started um, about a year ago, talking about issues of race, racism, and justice, and most importantly, our role in understanding and and taking steps towards change. Um, so thank you to both of you for getting back online. We're we're doing this remotely. You know, I know we love to see each other in person, but um, thankfully, and thank goodness for technology and our ability to still connect with each other. I am so glad to be back um, talking with you ladies. It's um, it's always a pleasure, as you said, Charlotte, and uh, it's always good to just take time to talk about the important things, get different feedback from each other, learn and grow together. And I think that's, you know, been one of the focal points of why this podcast even started. And um, I'm glad we started it or you guys started it and I, I jumped on board, but I'm, I'm glad to be here with you guys and um Glad to continue to, to talk and grow and, and spur some conversation and hopefully uh, affect some change. So one of the things I wanted to start with, um, just, just since it's been a while since we've talked to each other, um, at least face-to-face versus text message, um, or face-to-face by video, I guess. But, um, you know, I'm just curious to know, since we really haven't spoken to each other um, on the podcast since um, the COVID pandemic started, just um, kind of wondering how you guys are doing and what your state is right now. And i um, really curious to, to know if you were going to use three words to explain where you were um, and how you were doing during COVID. Um, you know, we're just coming out of the stay-at-home orders now, um, sort of describing your experience through our stay-at-home period here in Ohio and across the country. 
what would be your three words to describe, you know, how you, how you sort of felt and managed through that process? <laughs> um, well, for me, I, I don't know if I have uh, a few specific words, maybe a couple of phrases, but, um, you know, after things kind of settled, um, I kind of got into a place of just a slower pace and, and just a, taking a, a step back and kind of like a time of just reflection overall with, you know, life gets so busy and um, the pandemic made me stop. Um, a lot of things stopped. Everything stopped. The world stopped. And for me, that was a really good thing. Um, in spite of the fact that it was a negative circumstance that made me stop, um, it, it ended up having a positive effect. I'm just slowing down, taking a slower pace, um, breathing a minute, a little bit rather than rushing from one thing to the next thing. And so in the beginning, it was a little um, overwhelming because you didn't know what was going to happen. And you just kind of had to roll with the punches. Some people, um, that's really hard for them. Um, but after I kind of settled into a new normal, um, we had more time together as a family. Um, I felt like uh, I could do things intentionally. Like I, I, I was forced to do things intentionally, like exercise. Like how are you going to exercise when there's nowhere to go to exercise to? So um, for me, the pandemic and, and the stay-at-home order has kind of been a positive thing for me in terms of slowing down. Um, and I know that's not the... Um, that's not the popular, I don't want to say popular answer, but a lot of people have not had that reaction. And I understand that. And I uh, am sensitive to that. Um, and I know that it's been very hard for a lot of people. Um, but for me specifically, it's, it's, it's been a good thing to just relax and slow down. How about you, Rachel? Um, I really, really, really struggled with it. Like, I don't want to get into the details of my coping because I'm, I'm not sure we really want to discuss it, but I was not um, isolated with an adult, which I think is major. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it was me and an argumentative 11 year old. And so mm. it was just very tense. And um, I think that we've kind of talked about before how I was like, I'm not sure if I'm an introvert or an extrovert. <laughs> and you guys were like, we know. Um, <laughs> and that really, really showed its face during this isolation because I didn't have anyone to talk to really. Like, I think once a week I would try to do a zoom mm. with coworkers. Um, and that was, I mean, I'd get a, I had a friend who would call twice a day after a while because I was just, I was a mess. So it did not go well for me. I'm getting better now. I'm more anxious about going out, I think now, but but yeah, I had um, very negative reaction to all of it initially. Yeah, I understand. Um, I I felt like I, and I still do feel like I'm dealing with a lot of parent guilt. Um, because for me, I work in the healthcare industry. And even though I'm, I am not a frontline worker, I'm not trying to, you know, flow like that. That's not, but, but we're, we are the people who are supporting the folks on the front line. And, and supporting our patients and everything that they need through the crisis. And so our work actually, like, I mean, it, got, it went nuts. We were working so much. And 
are supposed to be taking care of my kids. And it was just like, and they're supposed to be doing school. And, you know, they're coming downstairs saying, mom, we miss you. And it, which is ironic because we're all in the house together all day long together. Um, but there was still this, just, I don't know. It was, it was hard. Um, I, the word, the words that I wrote down were, um, it's kind of ironic. It, it was tired, burned out and guilty were like my negative words just from, um, the, the, the hard parts of it. But then I also wrote down grateful and inspired. Um, grateful because um, we were sustained through through this crisis and we have been sustained through this crisis in a way that a lot of other people haven't been. And so I'm really, really great financially sustained and, and from a health perspective. Um, we suffered no major health issues um, and, you know, no, we, we did not experience um unemployment in our household. So I'm very grateful for that and inspired because I saw people, the people that I work with do things that we, I honestly, I don't think we ever thought we could do. And we did it um, really fast. <laughs> um, and so that was really, really inspiring to see some of the things that we could do. Now, granted, we were tired and burned out at the end, but we were also really inspired because we knew we were, we were literally changing lives. So that was, that was cool. So, all right. So now I'm going to flip it. We're moving out of come at our, we're moving out of stay at home orders. We're moving into this period of of protest, um, protests against racism. There were the other protests related to COVID. We're not even going to go there right now. <laughs> um, but pro- protests related to the racist acts, the killings that we've seen um, over the last couple of months. Most recently, um, Floyd George Floyd um, in Minnesota. Describe your state today and the things that you've been feeling over the last, you know, week, two weeks or so? Um, I would say with me, I have like guilt and then just a general sense of unease and um, not, I mean, it's like unsurprised, maybe. I was telling somebody, I was like, it's not like I'm angry when I hear stuff, but I'm not surprised by this anymore, which is more angering, I think. But, um, but yeah, I would, and I'd say guilt because I don't know. I mean, you just feel like being, I guess being the white person in the group, it's a weird place to be because I have friends who kind of get mad if I start being vocal because it's not really my fight. Like I'm trying to act like it's this, this is this big concerning, not really concerning, but like this is the big thing that affects me. And then they take that personally because I'm not directly affected by it. So I had kind of had some issues with um, friends and walking the line on how to handle the whole situation. So guilt, unease, no surprise. That's a phrase, but I'm throwing it in. Sharissa? Okay. <laughs> on to you. Um, you know, I, you know, I... It's hard. I have a hard, I've been having a really hard time putting my words together lately. And so it's hard to narrow it down or to, or to put how I've been feeling into a, a word or two, but um, to try to explain it, it's been very emotional, extremely emotional. Um, I have this like unrest. Like I just feel like I, there's something that needs to be done. I feel like I need to take action. So there's just like this charge or this energy to just like, I've got to do something. So I think that's like an unrest of some sort. Um, but I've also been, 
um, and kind of to, to, to steal from what Charlotte just said, um, inspired at the same time, because I've had a lot of positive conversations um, with people who are really um, becoming introspective and really thinking deeply and really examining um, internally. So I'm inspired by that. And um, as, as protest has um, spread across the entire nation, pretty much. Um, I, I'm I'm hopeful that it seems like everybody is kind of finally. It feels like people are finally getting it, and so I'm hoping that this momentum it won't just die out. So I have a, a sense of hope that something will continue to happen as we ride this wave. <laughs> I know one of the things that we talked about um, in preparation for tonight was just kind of putting down, you know, a, a handful of our thoughts or the big things that were sticking out to us. And um, I, I think both of you m- touched on things that some some of my reflections. Um, and one of the things that I mentioned was like, this isn't the first time that we've seen this. But why does it feel different this time? Something feels different. And to me, it, 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 the fact that we were all, I think we, Honestly, I, th- I think the fact that COVID had us all so focused on how connected we were and how one person's action affects other people, and we were all just sort of focused in that direction, it's almost like we just kept that focus and we kept on moving. And the next time we saw something that we knew we needed to fight against, everybody just kind of picked up and kept on going. And I know it isn't everybody, I'm aware. It wasn't with COVID either. But I can't help but think that COVID moved us into an area of focus um, that allowed maybe the response to be different. I also think everybody's just so freaking tired of having to deal with this stuff. And it's like one more crisis. And everybody's like, we are so over this. We are done. No more. No, thank you. I cannot take one more thing. I I agree with you that being in the state of COVID-19 and the pandemic and, and our focus was definitely different. Um, people were much more slowed down and I think people had a, a lot less distractions. And so when you're just in the course of your normal busy life, you're just like, yeah, I see that, but I got all this other stuff I need to do. Mm-hmm. You strip some of that away. It gives you a moment to pause and reflect, I think. So I, I agree that the pandemic um, the, the slowing down that the pandemic caused has allowed this to come to light uh, and hit home for a lot of people so much more. I mean, this is so similar to, um, um, oh gosh. Rodney King. Uh, well, no? that, but no, the, the, the other gentleman, I can't, Eric Garner, who also oh, yeah. and was, and was choked to death. I mean, this is the same exact situation. So why was that situation not uh, responded to as much as this one? And so I I agree, Charlotte, with your point that the pandemic has definitely had an impact on the response. And I've I've heard the statement, and I don't know how true it is. I don't know if you guys um, have any um, anything to back this up. You 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 hear the blanket statement on the news. Um, this is the most basically. This is the largest number of protests we've seen across cities in the country since the 1960s. Um, 
that's the that is the statement that I've heard. I can't back that up with with facts. I haven't gone back to look at it myself and to confirm that that's that's a truly accurate statement. That's the that's the headline statement that you hear. And I mean, I think about all the Black Lives Movement and the the swell that we saw, um, you know, a few years ago, and that was pretty significant. But um, it's it's even bigger than that right now. Um, I don't know if it will be a sustain, but it's definitely bigger. Do you guys have you guys heard anything like that? Uh, yes, I have. Um, with the the fact that the protest has reached, you know, pretty much uh, every major city and across all states, there's some kind of protest from the major cities, you know, here downtown Columbus to some of the surrounding uh, suburbs have even had their own protests. So I've heard the same thing. I, I also saw something and I, and I wasn't sure how accurate it was. I wanted to go back and... Um, research to see if it was true or not. Um, the person who posted it usually is pretty on par with, with things, but um, the, the, the post said something about that after Dr. King uh, was assassinated and killed, that there was widespread protest. There was tons of um, damage that was done across the country. And then shortly after that, the, 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 the civil rights laws were passed. So that, nationwide spurring caused some change to happen. Now, I don't know if that's how accurate that is, but I, that was one thing I saw as well. And I, I want to go back and, and look that up to see what the, what the truth is about that. But it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't want to be a, a total hog here, to be honest with you guys. I just happened to write down my reflections first on our, our agenda for today, but are there, are there specific reflections that you guys want to make sure that we're able to talk about um, during, during today? Oh man, there's so much. I feel like we could talk for hours. I know. <laughs> um, I, I do, I did want to, I think you touched on it, Charlotte, but I wanted to um, make sure we talked about the Central Park incident mm, with Christian Cooper. Right. Um, because that is, that's, that's a lot right there. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, I I think it's important to touch on that. Okay. So Sharice, we've already watched about, or we, we talked offline about the George Floyd video and you mentioned that you haven't watched it all the way through. Yeah. Um, did you watch the Christian Cooper video? I did not. I, well, I saw part of it. I saw where um, I heard Christian speaking, um, and then I heard the woman's reaction. I think her name was Amy, um, that she was going to call the police. And then you could, and she called the police, and she said what she said, and you could see or you could hear the change in the tone of her voice. It was freaking scary. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you could, you could see and hear how she was weaponizing this man's, uh, this, this man, the fact that this man's African-American, he, she was using that as a weapon against him when Mm. she she changed her voice. I'm like, it was just, it was just so, oh, it was eerie and gross. And I, I, it was just, wow. Appalling. My reaction was disgust. I think that would be the best the best uh, word I could use is just disgust with someone who was willing to be so blatantly dishonest um, 
at the at the potential at the at the potential um, lively like life expense of another person. Um, and and honestly, the uh, the flip side too is how disgustingly rude she was to her dog. I mean, I, I was like, "What are you doing? This animal that you supposedly love, and look what you're doing to it." Um, so there was that part of it too, which was really disgusting. Yeah. But um, I, I think that that that's that's the word that I would use to describe what I saw. Um, I, not, I mean, I'm not totally surprised, but at the same time, just to see it again, I think it's the same thing with the Floyd video. When to see it so in your face. You're just like, oh, um, so, but you know what? I'm really happy that it came out. Thank goodness. Thank goodness for technology. Yes. Yes. Very much so. I think that what it's really made me reflect on with all of this is how many times people have gone to jail or have died or who, how many times people haven't been charged with killing somebody because it wasn't on video. Um, I think somebody, there's a quote where somebody said, racism hasn't gotten worse. Now it's just on video. And that really kind of stuck with me that mm-hmm. this hasn't, this, it's not like this has increased. We're just seeing it now. And, um, and I think that as far as with COVID happening, it was a really interesting contrast where people were protesting, like we're being oppressed. We have to wear a mask. You know, this isn't fair. And then a week later, you're watching somebody kneel on a man for nine minutes until he dies. And you're like, well, that, that oppression that you were feeling last week with that mask certainly, you know, doesn't really hold up to this, this real oppression. So I think it was a really big contrast that people saw um, pretty clearly at that point. Very good points. Yes. So Rachel, you mentioned something in your notes about um, police taking. Uh, And just wondering how you're feeling about it. Yeah. What um, do you think? Oh, I think that it's a good thing to show the media. Um, I want them to give me more tangible changes though. Um, My concern is that when they're talking about all, well, there's just a few bad eggs in the police department or a few bad apples and we can't judge everybody, but it seems like those bad apples are um there's there seems to be so many there's so really many really bad, bad apples. apples that the good apples are oftentimes scared to say anything and are then are kind of being blackballed themselves if that's the right word to use i don't even know <laughs> um to where they're keeping their mouths closed in order for them to get through their job and to not not get fired or written up or whatever so it seems almost like if there's if the good apples are scared of talking out, are there really more good apples or are they the minority at that point? Um, so I want there to be more tangible changes rather than, hey, look, I'll take a knee and everybody can get pictures and we can show that we're all in support of this. And, it, you know, I'm against I'm against this person killing another human being. That wasn't right. We weren't trained like that. But now next week we're going to see it again, you know. But, but remember that picture of me, you know, throwing a football with a kid, taking a knee. I'm a good guy. Look at me. I just wasn't, I'm not impressed with it, I guess. I want there to be something more tangible. And I know that people love that. And there's so many pictures of it. And I get it. And I think that communication is a really good first step. But I don't know how long that's going to go on either. So I just want to see the longevity in that too, I guess. 
a starting point, but right. certainly not a place Correct. that we stay. Yeah, I mean, I do think there is something there is something to be said about acknowledging acknowledging the pain of another person. Um, not that you understand it because you don't, but you acknowledge it and you can imagine how it would feel. Um, but again, like you said, that's, I mean, it's, it's worth being skeptical and wanting and expecting. What I have noticed is there are a lot more police, like on social media, I've seen a lot more police who were keeping their mouths closed before speaking out now. So I think that's a promising sign. Well, and I think I've always struggled with the the false um, dichotomy that we create between Black Lives Matter and, and Blue Lives Matter. That has always bothered me. I saw somebody post online this Venn diagram of people, what it was, it was like Black Lives Matter, um, Blue Lives Matter, and I don't know, there was some other circle, and then they were like in the middle, and I'm like, well, shouldn't, or maybe it was, I don't know, it was something basically having to do, it was a very universal truth, but it was it was overlapped with Blue Lives Matter, and I'm like, shouldn't that universal truth be covering everything? Like, shouldn't everything be within that? It's not a, it's a false, it's a, it's a false choice. You don't have to make a choice between one or the other, you know? It's, I, I don't know. Um, but maybe that's something for us to talk about. I, I think I have been surprised too at the number of people who still are struggling with Black Lives Matter. I just thought we were past that, but clearly, like I, I realized too, like I've I found myself in my own little bubble of of having gone through my own process of um, of be, being becoming much more aware of racial issues, his, historical racism, white supremacy. Me being able to put the right words and explanations to things that I know I've been feeling for my entire life, but now I have a way to explain it. And so I think I've, I've, I've I just, I sometimes forget that other people are still struggling. Um, and so I think that kind of smacked me in the face. I'm like, oh crap, we're still dealing with Black Lives Matter. I didn't, I forgot. I forgot that that was a, a thing we, right. we didn't all agree on. I know. <laughs> I know. And I feel like it, it stuck up on all of us. I think <laughs> we were all surprised. Um, and I, my thing with the comparison of Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, is that when, like, a police officer goes into a restaurant later with his family, nobody knows he's a police officer. So he sheds that entire persona by changing his clothes. Whereas, like, a black guy is a black guy, or a black fem- woman is a black woman, everywhere they go. Like, that doesn't change. So it's not the same. They're not equal. Like, I don't, I don't get why people keep doing that. And I don't know. I'm getting real petty on social media to where I'm like, mm, unfollow, unfollow. Like just I'm done. <laughs> so I, so the last, and I think I'm sure we could probably all share, maybe this would be kind of fun for us to do. I'll share our um, explanations that we use for people who are still struggling with blue lives matter versus black lives matter versus all lives matter. Um, the two that I've heard recently that I really, I loved um one came from a pastor at our church where he said, if you had two kids and um, one of your kids got stung by a bee, you would attend to the need of the kid who just got stung by the bee. Not because you love your other child any less, but this is the one that's in pain right now. You need to go take care of that kid. Um, and then the other one that I heard, which I love the best, um, is the idea of um, Jesus as a shepherd 
who um, loses the one and he leaves the 99 to go find that one lost sheep because that sheep is so important and special to him. Not because he didn't care about the other sheep, but that one lost sheep really needed his attention. And so he, he cared enough to go find it. And I was like, oh man, that just gives me chills. Um, because to me, that's just, I'm, I'm going to get emotional. I mean, that's, that's love. You know what I mean? And that's when you say Black Lives Matter, you're saying, I love all of God's children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to forget about the ones that feel like they're unloved right now. That one hit me a lot too. I've been seeing a lot of analogies, um, for people explaining uh, why it's important to say Black Lives Black Lives Matter, and that one got me too. And as you were sitting there retelling the the explanation, it it hit me. You know, the other ninety nine, they all had each other to keep each other safe and protected. The one on his own, all all alone by himself. You know, he was lost. He, you know, no protection, no nobody to to, to help him. The 99 they have, they have each other. The one doesn't, doesn't. So mm-hmm. the, 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 the one needs the attention. So yeah, that, I that one. That I love that, that Jesus is taking too. more of a, more of like, he's kind of more mentioned in the protests, which I love that it's really bringing in. Like, I think there was always this big difference, like your black lives matter or your Christian, like, like, you know, it's like black religion or white religion. And now Jesus is really coming up like he's protesting. <laughs> They've got the the turning over the tables at the, for the for the money changers. And I love that. Like, I love that yes. people are finally using the Bible for good instead of evil. <laughs> and like pulling out like, oh, yes, you mentioned this. That's mentioned in the Bible as well. Here you go. So I, I do love that one in 99 when I saw that. I was like, yes, thanks, Jesus. You came through again for us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to say something that I'm not sure if I want to say it or not, but I'm I'm going to say it. Um I feel like the whole thing about, you know, Jesus coming into being being part of the explanation. I I feel like a lot of times the whole Black Lives Matter thing is very politicized and it's not about politics at all. And I think in general, when you think of Republicans and Democrats, typically the Republican side of things is more the Christian evangelical side of things and the Democratic side is not. And so I think that there's been a shift or a swing where people are like, well, maybe this isn't a Republican and a Democrat thing Maybe this is more of a human thing. What what is God saying about this? What does Jesus say about this? And so I feel like I've been seeing more posts, more talk, more um, just awareness online from people who normally never speak out about stuff like this. And it's great to see. I'm glad to see it. Um but I feel like in the past, it's been such a politically um, heated topic that people were blinded by that versus taking a deeper look into what's really being talked about and what the real issue is. Hmm. So that's, that's really my- good. Really good. Um, okay. Sharisa. Yeah. We need to talk about something you did over the weekend. 
Yes. Um, I posted about this on social media, um, but I went and I protested the first time I ever protested in my life. Um, and it wasn't something that I took lightly. Um, a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, she sent me a, a thing on a, an event, a Facebook event that had been put together um, about a protest that was happening. And she said, do you want to go? And I thought, oh, okay. I'm always one to, I'm not one to just jump in and do something. I have to think about it and process it. And so I spent the entire day thinking through it all. Um, I prayed about it, um, but I just felt this, like I was talking about before, this unrest and this uneasiness. And I was just so emotional. And I was just like, I have got to do something. Posting about it on social media is great. Um, You know, that's not enough though. Just posting about all this injustice, this is terrible. Well, what are you doing to change it? Are you doing anything? And I thought, I'm just one person. I'm not sure that a protest is going to change the whole system, but you have to start and mobilize somewhere. So my thought was, if I can take this one step, I can step out there and then I'll be more comfortable to do the next thing. And so I went and I protested. I took a knee in a moment of silence for George Floyd. I raised my fist. I said, Black Lives Matter. I made a sign. Um, I was scared because I didn't know what was going to go on the night before the fires in Atlanta and then storming the CNN headquarters had happened. And I'm like, do I really want to do this? Is this going to happen tomorrow when I go? But I thought, you know what? I just have to do it. And so I went. I wore my mask. Social distancing is pretty... uh, not going to happen at a protest, but I felt like it was worth the risk. And I did it for my family. I did it for my husband and my sons, my brothers, my dad, uncles, cousins. I, I, I felt like I had to do something. And so now that I've taken that first step, I'm ready to take the next step. So that was my protest. Awesome. Yay. Love it. I'm not going to lie. I felt really guilty that I didn't go with you. <laughs> um, but I already had plans for Saturday and I was like, F it. I'm not letting the racist ruin my plans on Saturday. I only have so many days off of work. <laughs> so, oh, you're funny. You're so, funny. But I, I'm really proud of what you did. Um, great pride. Sorry. <laughs> great pride. Well, you know, no, I was done. I was just saying I was really excited for you. Was- Thank you, Rachel. You know, I I wrestled with it. I mean, I'm so thankful that I had the support of my husband. Um, he helped me process and talk through a lot of it. Um, and so that was a big factor for me was having his support. And um, but I, and I also think that just over the past year of reading more about racism and learning more about the injustices in the world. Um, that was a, a pathway for me to take that step. And so if I had not been involved in the podcast, I don't know if I'm, I may not have been ready to take that step. So um, thanks to the two of you for, for allowing me to join in on this journey of, of, um, of learning. So you were there with me in spirit. <laughs> So I had a few more things that I just wanted to share. Um, Things, I don't know, just, I guess it's just me. I guess this is my little personal counseling session. Thank you. Um, Things that kind of got me. 
um, that really stuck out to me or were, were particularly moving. Um, so the image of the women from the National Organization for Women in Louisville it was a, a group of white women who all locked arms and created a human barricade between the protesters and the police. Um, I think that was the first image that got me, at least this time around, that got me and like, I like that kind of cracked me. Like I was feeling very numb about a lot of things um, leading up to that just because it's like, all right, you know, this we've, we've seen this song and dance before. I'm not going to get myself too worked up because honestly, I don't have that much. I don't have that much left. I can't, I just can't let myself fall apart. Um, so that's sort of my coping mechanism is to put that wall up. Um, but that image in and of itself, I'm like, oh my God, like, that's it. Like, please, that's it. You want to do something? That's it. Um, if you can, I mean, that's one, that's one way to do something. And so, um, that was, uh, that was a particularly moving, very, um, very obvious way that a group of women came together and used their privilege to support change and to support, um, their, their fellow humans. Um, the other thing that, got me um, that happened yesterday was the Columbus City Council announcing the resolution that they passed. I'm going to cry again. Mm -hmm. That racism is a health crisis in Columbus. Um, And and it's not just about police putting their knees on people's necks. It's about all of the disparities that make it hard for a Black person to stay alive and to thrive in the United States. Um, and we've seen that we've, we, you know, we saw that with COVID-19. Um, and so that was very moving to me, I think, just because I work within healthcare and knowing like this is, I, I think it was one of those places where you always feel like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Um, and I, and now that we didn't know it before I've, we've been seeing it, but I don't know, whatever, whatever it was, it was just that public declaration, um, an acknowledgement of it for, for whatever reason, just, just, just moving to me. Um, and then the third thing that happened, it just happened today, have never had this happen ever in the 20 plus years that I've been working in, in a professional work environment, that a leader in our organization pulled together an entire department to talk about what was going on and to give, to, to create a conversation about what we can do to create change. Um, that has never happened and I was just so moved by that. And honestly, I didn't feel like it was, I, I felt, I didn't feel like it was my conversation to have. Um, I'm like, okay, go ahead, folks. The rest of you <laughs> talk. Um, I'm, I'm happy that the forum has been created. That's how I felt. Um, so it was cool. It was really cool. And there was, it was good turnout. And it wasn't a one-time thing. This is something that will occur again on a regular basis. This is a conversation that has started. That is rather amazing. Um, I, I am looking forward to hearing more about what your experience is with that and what kind of things um, are instituted at your uh, place of employment. And I, I, I'm hopeful. Um, just knowing the organization that you work for, um, I kind of expect great things there. And so I'm looking forward to seeing um, what they will do and hopefully will be a leader for for other corporate environments to do, to do the same. So that's awesome. Um, do either one of you have anything else that you'd like to share reflections or thought? They, uh, I think I shared, well, I linked it with you guys, someone that I know um, 
just outside of, well, from Miracle League, actually, <laughs> I'll throw that out there, is a pastor. And she did a, a sermon on racism and how it applies to um, the church and how, like, I mean, I'm not going to get into it because I know we're kind of cut short on time. And she refers back to a um, an article, How Do I Make Sure I'm Not Raising the Next Amy Cooper, which was written by Jennifer Harvey, who wrote Raising White Kids that we discussed it. And it was, I really, I liked the sermon. Mm. Um, and I mm-hmm. like that churches are really taking a responsibility now. Like they have, um, she's a Presbyterian minister, and they have the Matthew 25 initiative, where the, it's the, that, um, specific organization or specific part of the Presbyterian church um, is making it a point to like really get more involved in, in these issues with social justice and um, equality. And so I think that that's really good. I mean, I know yesterday they had, I think a prayer group downtown, my pastor and his wife both went to it. And so I really like that um, churches are really taking a stance on social issues now. They're not, I think when I was younger, I always felt like churches kind of kept to themselves, like come here and pray over it. You know, Whereas now they're really making a stand or taking a stand about what they want to talk about and how this is everybody's issue. And um, the sermon that I mentioned, I told uh, Reverend House that I really appreciated. She's the mother of two biracial boys. And I said, I appreciated that when you when you gave the sermon, you never said that because you didn't say this matters because it matters to me. She made the statement like this matters because this matters to all of us. I'm not saying this is the mother of a black child. I'm saying this is a human being. And I really liked that. Like it never came up in her sermon. She said, mm-hmm. like one time she said, that could be my kid or that could be my son up there that's being kneeled on. That could be anybody's son. That could be your son. And I really liked that she made it. This isn't black and white. This is human. This is a human issue. And so I just, um, I, know, I think that I really... I'm starting to appreciate that now that that churches are making a stand. So when you're doing all this kind of liberal stuff, you don't feel like you're, you know, like it's, it's not really a conservative, liberal, Christian, non-Christian stance anymore. I like that. Anything else? Um, I feel like we should, should do another session and I feel like there's more that we could talk about. So um, if we could maybe in the next couple of days come up with another time, um, I, I'd like to continue the conversation. I know we're we're short on time here now. I think what we have now is good, um, but I definitely would yeah, love I'm, to continue it. So. Okay. so I did write down two things that came up today um, for me that I wanted to make sure that we shared with other people in terms of taking action. So number one. Um, We have talked about doing a broader book club and reading a book together and inviting listeners to read along with us, I think now more than ever. So stay tuned for more details on that. Um, The other two things that have come up recently um, are are basically racial equity challenges. Um, And so one comes from the YWCA in Dayton. It's called the Racial Equity and Social, Social Justice Challenge. Um, And the other came from a friend in Michigan that's called the 21 Day Racial Equity Challenge. Um, So want to post those. Those uh, are, I think, are probably also great resources to help kickstart that. What do I do? Um, And and from my perspective, it starts with your own heart. Um, And these are heart changing exercises that you can do to challenge yourself um, and identify those opportunities for change. 
Be prepared to be uncomfortable. Be prepared to not like the process, but know that that means it's working. Um, so I want to say that. And then I also want to encourage people, um, you know, we always say email us at boundforjustice at gmail.com. We mean it now more than ever. Um, we want to know how you're feeling. We want to know what you're thinking. Um, <clears throat> we want to know what questions you have. We promise, you know, if you tell us you don't want want your name to be noted, we won't. But if you have genuine questions and things that you're you're grappling with, um, and we can bring in resources um, to to help shed light on that, I think I think we're all interested in doing that. That allows us to grow and learn, and it creates an opportunity for you too. And I think that helps us learn and grow too. And you know, it's not just about us telling other people what to do. It's, yes. it's our own growth and our own learning. So you're helping us by, by engaging and asking questions and speaking up. And there's no question that's stupid or I know that's kind of cliche, but honestly, if, if we you, won't say stupid to your face, no. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But honestly, if you, if you never ask the question, you're never going to grow. You're never going to learn. Things will never change. So this is a safe place. This is a safe space. Send us a message, send us an email, social media, comment, whatever. Um, yes, it's please, please ask. All right. So we're going to do this again soon. Um, Sharisa and Rachel, thank you so much for carving out a little bit of time tonight for us to chat. And I'm looking forward to talking with Bye, both of you, you again soon. Have a good night. Thanks. See ya.